0: The Cincinnati Bearcats winning a third straight conference championship this season is something I am so confident in. I would go to Vegas right now and bet on it. I'll explain why on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Today, we are brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats. Don't forget to subscribe on our YouTube channel, the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, up to 190 subscribers and counting, so... You can be the next. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. And you can also download us if you're listening on an audio platform, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever that may be. You can, of course, subscribe there, share a comment, and or give it a rating. All of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. Former sports director, yours truly, Alex Frank, Bearcats Media Was a play-by-play announcer and weekly sports radio show host for Bearcats football and men's basketball. So, speaking of football, speaking of bet online, Cincinnati winning a third straight conference championship this season. It's something I'm so confident I would go to Vegas right now and bet on it. You know, at some point between 2009 and 2010, Katy Perry told us to shut up and put our money where our mouths are. Because apparently that's what we get for waking up in Vegas. So we're going to go to Vegas. And we're going to bet on Cincinnati winning a third straight conference championship. Now, why am I so confident in that? Name me another team in the American Athletic Conference that you can convincingly say right now. yep, they're a championship. They are the best team in the conference. Can you convincingly say today, Tuesday, June 14th, 2022, flag day, my sister's half birthday. I feel like there's something else that occurred on this day. I'm trying to remember what that was. Um. I know it's uh, Betsy Ross's birthday. That's that's what it is. Um, Can you convincingly sit up here today and say that the Houston Cougars, the Memphis Tigers, the UCF Knights, the SMU Mustangs, any one of those teams or any other of the 10 teams in the American Athletic Conference are better than Cincinnati? No, you cannot. You can say SMU was good. You can say Houston's good. You can say Memphis and UCF were good but you cannot sit up here and tell me that they are better than the Cincinnati Bearcats. You cannot do it. Why would you say that? Houston's got Nathaniel Dell. Have you seen him? Yeah. Who else do they have at wide receiver? And they're starting running back towards toward ACL. Sadly, albeit sadly, but he's not playing this season. Cincinnati going to be potentially one of the, have one of the best running back rooms in the entire conference. Why would you say SMU's the best team in the conference? Because they have the best quarterback? Okay, maybe that's something I can get behind. But I'm not taking their head coach, Sonny Dykes, over Luke Fickle. I'm not taking the culture of SMU over Cincinnati's. The Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm listening to Chad Brendel on ESPN 1530 on Monday afternoon, my day off, driving back from my mom's house in Charleston. And... I'm listening to him talk about how the Bearcats have just stacked success upon success. Winning two straight conference championships, going to the college football playoff, you know, landing four-star after four-star within the last two weeks. Success breeds success. He could have just said that. I'm saying that right now. So the Cincinnati Bearcats winning a, winning a third straight conference championship. It's an expectation that I... I have for this team that this team can and quite frankly should. Because I don't trust any other team in this conference. They don't have the culture, the winning culture that Cincinnati has. They don't have the, you know, Luke Fickle, the godfather of recruiting in Cincinnati, who has taken this Bearcats program to heights none of us could have ever imagined. They just don't have what Cincinnati has. They don't have the, they don't have Nippert Stadium. They don't have the passion that the university brings, the Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, you know, Cincinnati Bearcats, football, the, you know, the movement, the institution that it is in this city. It's not that down in Houston. It's not that in Memphis. It's not that in, I, I take that back, it is in Orlando, but they don't nearly have the culture that Cincinnati has. Cincinnati has not only a winning culture, but a sustainability culture. They have sustained winning beyond 2019. UCF has not won 10 games since 2019. They they did not sustain the success they had in two years. Now, the main reason why I'm so confident in this bet, another former colleague of mine, Austin Elmore from ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW. Mad respect for the guy. Loved working for him. But sometimes he says things, and this is and this is the case here. Sometimes he says things that are off his rocker. Now, what I'm about to say, I'm actually gonna you know agree with, because I heard this take on Chad Brendel. He was filling in for Mo Egger Monday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, and he said Austin said that he is more certain he would go to Vegas right now. And a more sure bet would be the Cincinnati Bengals winning a a second straight AFC North championship. He is more sure of that than the Cincinnati Bearcats winning a conference championship this year. Now let me be very clear about something. I am one of the biggest Bengals fans you will ever meet. My family's had season tickets since 1968. I am one of the most genuinely big Bengal fans you will ever meet. Same with Bengal Jim, same with Tony the Tiger, same with Bangalorian, same with Houday Captain, same with whomever. I just don't have a Twitter account like they do, which is okay. I don't need one like that. So I'm so, but I will say this. I am also realistic about my expectations for the Bengals. It would not shock me if the Cincinnati Bengals took a step back next year. Because every other team in the AFC North made drastic improvements this offseason. The Browns landed Deshaun Watson. Now, whether or not Deshaun Watson sees the field remains to be seen. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge that they made that move. They also brought in Amari Cooper. They also have Jadeveon Clowney. They also have a really, really good defense at times. The Ravens are going to be much healthier this year. The Steelers got younger, and I quite frankly think they're going to be better than people think this year. So I'm being very very realistic about my expectations. Now, at the end of the day... Right now, I would pick the Bengals to win the division because they have the best quarterback in the division in Joe Burrow. But at the same time, I'm very weary and I'm very aware and cognizant that they could take a step back this year because of the improvements other teams made in their division. Hell, the Cincinnati Bengals have three primetime road games against all three division opponents in a span of seven weeks. That is tough stuff right there, man. So there's that. There's the fact that we don't know if what the Bengals did last year is is sustainable. A lot of things had to go right for the Bengals last year, right? With the Bearcats last year, yeah, a lot had to go right for them to get to where they wanted to go, which was the college football playoff. But at the same time, you knew they were going to be really good. You knew they could go undefeated. You knew they were going to be at least 10-2. and You knew they could probably go back to a New Year's Six Bowl. You knew all of that. You know that going into this year that not a lot of breaks have to happen for them to be really good. Last year, the Bengals won the A. The Bengals won the AFC North, right? But they won the AFC North partially because the Ravens had a slew of injuries catch up to them at the end of the season, losing six straight games. The Steelers were just gassed, and they weren't as explosive as they've been in years past. They were just a a, a zombie on offense. The Browns had their issues with Baker Mayfield. Their defense was also not as good as we thought it was going to be. So a lot of things, and and the Bengals were drastically healthy, you know, Jamar Chase was way better than we ever thought he was going to be his rookie season. T. Higgins took a massive step. Joe Burrow took a massive step. Joe Mixon was unbelievable. Tyler Boyd was good, was good too. The defense was much better than any of us ever could have thought. Is that going to happen again this year? Like, can you confidently go to Vegas and say that what happened last year with the Bengals is going to happen again this year? I've heard someone say to me multiple times, someone has said to me multiple times, one of my coworkers here in Macon, Georgia, say to me, hey, the Bengals could be better this year, but the Bengals could be better this year, but their record may be worse. That could happen. The Cincinnati Bearcats, though, is there any team in the American Athletic Conference that makes your that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and you know get a little weary? You know, you know, your eyes grow as big as a hawk. Can, is there a team in that conference that makes you feel that way in the in the AAC? Because I'll tell you right now, there's not for me. I know Houston's going to be really good. They don't scare me. Why? Because they haven't won like Cincinnati has. Heck, the Houston Cougars last year finished 11-1. Who the heck did they play that gave you a conference that could be Cincinnati in the AAC championship? Now, this year they might be better. But does SMU scare you? Bearcats beat them by 34. The Bearcats have beaten them by 60, uh, 63 combined points each the last two years. In the last two years. And by the way, they beat them in 2018 as well. They don't scare me. Does UCF scare you? They shouldn't. Does Memphis scare you? Remember the last time those two teams played? The Bearcats beat them 49 to 10. No team in the AAC should scare you right now. So I would go to Vegas, and I hope you would too, right now, if you could. And confidently say the Cincinnati Bearcats could win a third straight conference championship. I would much rather bet that, and I have much more confidence in that than I do the Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC North. In contrast to what Austin Elmore thinks. Now, it doesn't mean I think the Bengals won't win the division. In fact, I think they will. But being more confident in that over the Cincinnati Bearcats winning a third straight conference title in the AAC, a conference that is quite frankly, not very good. I would much rather have my confidence in the Bearcats than the Bengals. Because no team in this conference scares me right now. No team has the winning culture that the Cincinnati Bearcats have. None of them do. Houston went to their first conference championship game last year since 2015. UCF hasn't been since 2018. SMU has never been the one. Memphis, yes, went to three straight 1-1, so they might be the only team that scares me in that regard, and they don't even scare me there too. ECU, they haven't sniffed a conference championship game yet. Tulsa, yeah, they've been to one, albeit by default, partially. There shouldn't be any team in this conference that scares you. You can confidently go to Vegas and make a bet the Bearcats could win a third straight conference championship. I would right now if I could. That's how confident I am in the Cincinnati Bearcats winning a third straight conference championship. Because to me, they can and should. And that's my expectation for this season. Coming up, a reason why Evan Prater should be the starting quarterback next year that I have not mentioned yet. But it has to do with what Desmond Ritter accomplished during his time at the University of Cincinnati. I'll explain. But first, I got to tell you about betonline.net because it is your number one source for all your betting stats and Sports Info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup between the Celtics and Warriors, the NHL Stanley Cup Final between the Lightning and the Avalanche, which starts tomorrow night, Major League Baseball, and, of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. online where the game starts. The Ultimate NBA Mock Draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked On NBA Big Board Draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. first pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate now so you don't miss a pick. Alex Frank here with you. Locked On Bearcats, your host each and every day. I cannot wait for the Stanley Cup Final. I know the Rangers got knocked out. I'm a Rangers fan. They got knocked out Saturday in the Eastern Conference Finals. But the, the matchup between Tampa Bay and Colorado is going to be fascinating. I expected to go six games at least, if not seven. I'm going to pick Tampa Bay to win because until I see someone beat Tampa Bay, I'm not picking against them. So anyway, back to the Cincinnati Bearcats. There is a another layer and another angle to the quarterback battle that is between Ben Bryant and Evan Prater. Now, I have said Evan Prater should be the starting quarterback for weeks on end. I will continue to say that until the start of the season. But there's a reason I have not mentioned as to why he should be that I'm going to now. So Desmond Ritter is, or was, or I'm sorry, is the, however you say it, jeez, the two-time reigning AAC Offensive Player of the Year. And in those two years, Evan Prater was his backup quarterback. Now, yes, Ben Bryan was ahead of him on the depth chart in 2020, but Evan Prater was still a backup to Desmond Ritter. You back up the two time defending AAC player of the year in both years where Cincinnati's a top 10 program and on the cusp of making history. And you get to watch week in and week out how this guy prepares and leads his team in the battle through a pandemic year and a year where the spotlight was completely enthrusted on the program. And Desmond Ritter led them to the college football playoff, all the while having a serious girlfriend and a daughter. And you saw firsthand how Desmond Ritter handled all that. How many four star recruits can say that they are not only that, but they backed up the two time defending conference player of the year on a Bearcats, on a college football program who won two straight conference championships and went to the college football playoff? How many players can say that? It's very similar to how Aaron Rodgers backed up Brett Favre when he got got in the league in 2005 and he backed him up for three years. It's very similar to how Patrick Mahomes backed up Alex Smith. And those two quarterbacks are now markedly and wildly successful. I mean, how many quarterbacks can say that in college? If you're a four-star recruit, typically you're starting right away. But Evan Prater came in at such a unique time because Desmond Ritter was going into year 3 because Desmond Ritter then ascended rapidly at the end of year 3 and into his senior season year 4 there is a very unique layer and aspect to this that we have not dissected yet that we are going to hear on this show today how does how does not backing up the two-time or how does not backing up the two-time AAC offensive player of the year warrant you to be the starting quarterback When all is said and done, and I get it, I get it, that Ben Bryan started a full season. He was a starting quarterback himself at Eastern Michigan. He threw for 14 touchdowns and 7 picks and barely over 3,000 yards. And you're going to sell that to me to be the starting quarterback? No, you're not. You're going to sell to me a guy who learned under Desmond Ritter and a guy who learned under the greatest quarterback in Bearcats football history and is a former four-star recruit, and as a Cincinnatian and a player who fans have been drooling over ever since his recruitment and his commitment, and now it's time with the program. And he's not gonna be the start, and he's not going to be the turning quarterback. Why is he not? Ben Bryan left. Evan Brader has now assumed the role. You would think Ben Bryan booted. He said, I'm out. How hard, like it should be harder for him. To reacclimate himself and find a way to win the starting quarterback battle. Why would I take someone who started a full season? It'd be different if he went to a school like Memphis and started. Okay, fine, I can get behind that. It'd be different if he went to if he went to a school like I don't know Kansas and did that. But he went to he went to Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan. You're gonna sell that to me? A mid-American quarterback over a guy who backed up Desmond Ritter for two years when he won Offensive Player of the Year in both those years and led the Bearcats to the college football playoff? You're going you're gonna to choose Ben Bryant? With Evan Prater, there is no ceiling. With Ben Bryant, there is. The new layer to this is I would much rather have someone who, someone who backed up a two-time defending conference Offensive Player of the Year, a conference that is better than maybe we think it is. Last year wasn't very good outside of Cincinnati and Houston, but this year you've got seven teams, according to Athlon at least, who project the Bearcat, who, who project to go to a, a bowl game this year. you got the Bearcats back into a New Year's Six bowl game. So there's clearly a benefit to having been in American Athletic Conference play. Evan Prater has been on the road with Desmond. He's been at home with Desmond. He's been in the spotlight with Desmond. Like That has to mean something to you. Yes, you can learn from a full season's worth of starting experience, but you can also take a whole bunch of notes from the two-time AAC Offensive Player of the Year. You can take a whole bunch of notes from going on the road and being in the national spotlight, and you got Jen Latta interviewing you from ESPN. You got College Game Day coming here, as opposed to going up to northern wherever Eastern Michigan is and playing there, and who knows where the heck Ben Bryan lived. I'd much rather have that than going to gray old Eastern Michigan. would much rather have that. I'm just saying. So that's why, or at least another reason, why I would choose Evan Prater to be my starting quarterback. You back up the two-time reigning AAC Offensive Player of the Year, it should mean something to you. It should mean something. And I think it, when it all is said and done, it will warrant him to be the starting quarterback. When we get to higher ground in the fall... I miss their spaghetti and meatballs so much. Um, I might be the only one saying that, but I do. When we get to higher ground, you'll see why Evan Brader being because he backed up the two-time AAC Offensive Player of the Year. Because... He spent time behind him, Desmond Ritter, as opposed to going to Eastern Michigan and starting for a full season. Up next, my all-time favorite magazine, putting Cincinnati on the map in August. You may have seen why. I'll explain next, but first, a word from two of our sponsors. So, Emily Parker, the Bengals' public relations director, tweeted yesterday that Joe Burrow is going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated's NFL Preview Edition in newsstands August 18th. How cool is that? The meteoric rise of Joe Burrow and the franchise that is the Cincinnati Bengals just keeps getting better and better and better. Now, I am a huge fan of Sports Illustrated. And it devastates me that the magazine is now weekly covers like it used to be. When I was a kid, I I would come home from school every Thursday. Did I mention I was born on a Thursday? So maybe this is why Sports Illustrated, I I love the magazine so much. I would come home from school on Thursdays. First thing I would do is go to the mailbox and look to see who was on the cover. More often than not, I didn't like it. But that's okay. Like, Sports Illustrated is a historic magazine. Like, it gone are the days and I wish it was still like this because now you got all these digital platforms you got Sports Illustrated online I write for all Bearcats of Sports Illustrated you've got that you've got you know the Athletic you've got Bleacher Report you got all these these local team sites you've got you know Cincy Wire from USA Today they've got their stuff and they got a whole bunch of digital but there was a time when Sports Illustrated was the king of sports print journalism. I mean, seriously. If like you think about some of the writers that have come through that organization, excuse me, I think about guys like Hell John Wertheim, Peter King, uh, Alexander Wolf, Dr. Paul Zimmerman, and better known as Dr. Z, and Michael Silver, like, I think about all those great sports writers. Tom Verducci, Jeff Perlman. Like I, all these great writers came through Sports Illustrated. That has to mean something. It used to be the king of sports magazines, sports media, print. Every single week, there would be great stories, faces in the crowd, you know, um, the, the the introductory photos, you know, photos of the year, which were always so cool to look at, you know. Th- there was just, you know, a level of anticipation leading up to every Thursday. So finally, J- J- so finally the Cincinnati Bengals, for the first time since October of 2006, are going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The Bearcats have not been on Sports Illustrated cover since November and December of 1996. The Reds have not been on a cover since 2010 in September. So think about this for a minute. If Sports Illustrated is still the king of sports magazines, so you finally have a Cincinnati guy, a Cincinnati team on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Like when you used to go to your mailbox on Thursday afternoons and look at the cover of Sports Illustrated, you more often than not saw a superstar player like LeBron, Kobe, you more often than not saw a name brand franchise like the New York Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys, the LA Lakers, whomever it was, you more often than not saw those teams. The Bearcats have been on the cover of Sports Illustrated fewer than three times. I know that because I have a you know Sports Illustrated hardback book that lists the programs that have been on Sports Illustrated the most. Shockingly, the New York Yankees have been on it the most times. This is by the way, as of May of 2010, so this may have changed. I don't think it has, though. The Yankees were on it at that point 70 times. And I think the fewest was Villanova basketball three. These don't happen very much around Cincinnati. And for a city that for years and for most of my lifetime was kind of behind the times a little bit. You know, Mark Twain. Yeah, that Mark Twain has a saying that when the world ends, he wants to be in Cincinnati because it's always 20 years behind the times. Not anymore. You've got a Bearcats football program that has been elevated into the modern times with Luke Figgle and the recruiting and the Big 12 and Power Five. You've got a a men's basketball program that is hopefully going to get back on its feet and maybe beyond where Mick Cronin had them. It felt like that was 20 years behind the times. And now you have a Bengals franchise that is operating like a modern day NFL franchise. They've you know done some upgrades with inside the stadium. You know, ownership has done a tremendous job of you know creating a competitive team, a competitive atmosphere. And it's, still, and it's still surreal for me to think about how my hometown team that was so attached to whatever could go wrong, wouldn't go wrong, played in the Super Bowl last year. It is still so surreal for me to think about. And now we're going to have a superstar player that is one of the players that he, along with Luke Fickle, is responsible for bringing this city and this football town into the modern era of sports and particularly football on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and not just any cover, on the cover of its NFL preview edition. You know, I used to tear through those magazines going all the way back to when Dr. Z was writing the NFL previews. You know, now you have other other writers from the magazine who do that, but you used to have, you know, a whole, you used to have, you know, you would go through the magazine, you'd see, you know, who they picked to win the Super Bowl, you'd say, oh, well, come on, I think they're going to be better than that, right? You know, Peter King would do his, you know, Super Bowl pick every year. And one year he got it exactly right Pittsburgh and Green Bay, although I think anybody could have gotten him right that year. It, it, it's just still, you know, it's depressing to me that it's not, the magazine is not like that anymore. But still, you get a guy like Joe Burrow on the cover for a franchise that has not been on the cover of Sports Illustrated since 2006 when Chad Johnson was on it. And at that point in time, the franchise was he- heading towards an eight and eight season. It is, it's just, you know, surreal to think how far the city has come and can the cincinnati bearcats ever land on the cover of sports illustrated you know not just the daily covers you see online or the monthly or you know the weekly covers that you might see online but like the covers that still come out and it's only once every month now it's depressing i mean i have thousands of magazines when we moved houses last year back up in southwest ohio when my mom and i moved houses My sister, when we moved houses last year, you know, I had boatloads of magazines of Sports Illustrated going all the way back to 19, the 1990s in huge bins. And yeah, you know, some of them might have torn pages and the bins broke and all that, but those are still symbolic to me. You know, when I first, you know, I got a, a shipment of 500 magazines from a former health teacher of mine, God bless her, Mrs. Ray from high school. And I remember I would come home from work. This is when I worked my first job at Dorothy Lane Market, which now is coming to Cincinnati. Seriously, go there if you can. Those killer brownies are, in fact, killer. So I come home from work at Dorothy Lane, and I would just fling open the bins, and I was like a kid on Christmas morning going through those magazines. And when I found an old NFL preview edition with Dr. Z in a guy, rest his soul, I would look through, I would, you know, see, okay, you know, which teams were really good back in, let's say, uh, 2006. And it was fun to do that. You don't really have that now because Sports illustrated's not a weekly issue. But when it was, there was no better feeling of looking forward when you were sitting in class and the teacher was babbling about, I don't know, um, name me a random subject. I don't know. Uh, so, or in study hall when you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. And wanting to flirt with girls like I did, I really didn't do that. Um, I actually read Sports Illustrated in study hall. So when you were sitting in school and you were waiting until the bell rang and you ran home or you took the bus home where your mom picked you up, whatever, or maybe you walked home, and you did all that, and you the anticipation was building of you going to your mailbox and flinging it open and seeing who was on the cover. And now realizing that one of those guys is going to be from Cincinnati. Like, that's cool stuff. And if the Bearcats ever get on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which they should. Like, an actual print edition of Sports Illustrated, they should. Yeah. Like, the decline of Sports Illustrated sucks. But at the same time, knowing that you're, that one of your own, from Cincinnati. A city that for many years was not caught up with the modern day times and sports. Like a a progressive city, like sports like a New York, a Boston, or an LA, or a Kansas City, or Tampa, or cities like that, it is kind of cool now to think about that Joe Burrow is going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And by the way, that's some respect shown to Cincinnati that has not been shown since the Bengals went to the Super Bowl and the Bearcats went to the college football playoff. All right, so tomorrow on Lockdown Bearcats, the Bearcats are going to the Big 12. What does that mean for Nippert Stadium? Could it be expanded? I don't know. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Well, I do know. Um, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on that tomorrow. Um, don't forget, Lockdown Steelers host Christopher Carter joins me on Friday. I always do a fun topic on Fridays during the offseason, so I'll have him on. That's going to be a fun show. Um, of course, many other news to get to this week with recruiting. With Nippert Stadium, the Big 12, Luke Fickle, so much left on the table for this week. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, Alex Frank 9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. And thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now go make your second listen to Lockdown NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin. They will give you fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our Locked On Bearcats YouTube channel up to 190 subscribers and counting. Follow us to get an alert every time a new episode drops. And like, like and share a comment on today's video. You can do the same on an audio platform. If you're downloading us from there, Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher, don't forget to subscribe share a comment, and or give it a rating. All of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. I will be back tomorrow to discuss the future of Nippert Stadium, even though it's already been renovated within the last decade, as the Cincinnati Bearcats get set for a historic move into the Big 12. Have a great rest of your day, and I will be back tomorrow.